From the Kintech Studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. It is the People Show. You are the people. You can be part of the show. 650, 650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. I'm Bick, Dom, Victor, behind the glass. And of course, again, you. Ch- chime in. 650-650. We've got Jen Mueller coming up in about 10 minutes. Seahawks sideline reporter from uh, Root Sports. You also hear her on our airwaves for uh, Seahawks games. Uh, she's coming up in 10 minutes. It's a Monday buzzer bell. Where are we good? Where are we bad? We'll do that. Uh, I say we because I'm I'm lumping in Dom and Victor into this as well. But it's uh, where was I good? Where was I bad? <laughs> and uh, also second half of the show Monday. Guess the lines. Looking ahead to week twelve on the lines. Uh, see who can extract some value. Getting ready for big six. Which by the way, low key, bit of a heater all of a sudden here these last three weeks. Climbing above. Fifty percent, as low key as my thirty-two thoughts references. <laughs> Although you dropped a great one earlier today, great one uh, earlier today. Which, by the way, put some good in, uh, some good working on the weekend. Thank you. Thirty-two out today, out this morning. Yeah. Go listen to Dom's pod. Uh, thirty-two thoughts. <laughs> All right. Uh, mention okay, Jen Mueller coming up in about ten minutes. Uh, Seahawks, Rams. Tough one for the Seahawks. And I do subscribe to a theory of, you know, when, when we're talking about regular season versus playoffs and how you have success, I very much subscribe to a theory. Your strength is what gets you to the playoffs, and your weakness is what defines you in the playoffs. Teams get a chance to game plan specifically for you. If you apply this to the NHL, you're just focused on yourself for 82. You get to the playoffs. Now you got one opponent for the potentially seven games. You're going to build everything against them. You're going to focus on them. And you're going to prey on the weakness and exploit it. And that's the thing that moves you on. Cover your weakness or don't have weakness in the playoffs. But your strength is what gets you to the playoffs. NFL, same thing. 17 weeks. Your strength is what's going to get you there. Maybe you can overcome a weakness come the playoffs, but very much your strength is what gets you there. I'm a little worried the Seahawks don't have a strength. Their strength coming into the season was the defense is is young, it's going to grow, but our offense is going to be the thing that carries it. The passing offense in particular. Now, this isn't a Geno thing. I'm still still defending Geno. But what was, was supposed to be their strength has not materialized. And I'll focus on it again. The interior offensive line is a major issue. Guys are in Geno's lap. Passes aren't getting out on time. Passes are getting out early. Plays are getting nullified early. Throw on top of it a host of penalties yesterday from the Seattle Seahawks. Their strength 
is not something they can rely upon. When things are going wrong, what is your team identity? They came into this season, hey, this passing offense, we went out and drafted top 20 pick, Jackson Smith and Jigba. We got these tight ends. We got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. The big thing was going to be our passing game can remedy any sort of situations we get into. If there's a, a shootout with the defense still being young, are we going to be able to keep up because we have this level of a passing game? And it's just not working right now. I know. I, we're going to get into it in buzzer bell. I know I came into this at one point this season. I said, Seahawks, second best offensive unit in the NFC. I'll tell you right now, spoiler alert on buzzer bell. That's going to get blown up here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a drop there. Uh, Reek Woolen when he joined the show a couple of weeks ago. Although, hey, uh, people show bump. He got an INT uh, this weekend. Also a PI, but nevertheless, uh, an INT. His second of the year. But their biggest strength in comparison to other teams right now, you look at obviously what the 49ers have with their run game. You look at what the Eagles have with their run game. You look at what the Lions have with their run game. It's it's also an identity shift as well for the Seahawks to look at this and say, Metcalf, Lockett, these were going to be the leaders of the offense. And they certainly have the talent to do so, but Traditionally, what is a Pete Carroll offense? Running the ball. They're having massive difficulties doing it. Living by boom bust, which is not really want to, the way they want to play. You want your explosives, of course. But the way this running game is working right now, it's a lot of third and longs setting up for the offense. And, and you can't live and die by third and longs. But this team is struggling offensively. Defense, give them their credit through these 11 weeks have come a long way that you could almost say, hey, that's part of the identity of the team. Maybe the main identity of the team. Certainly something that's familiar for a lot of Seahawks fans. Don't want to make the Legion of Boom references, but certainly defense is what defined an era for the Seattle Seahawks. And the defense has made their improvements, although still lacking some juice along the front line to go get some sacks. But a divisional loss in that game, and I know, look, we even took the Rams, plus one. It closed minus two and a half for the Rams. But we took Rams plus one on big six. It paid out. And it is a tough reality right now for the Seattle Seahawks. There's a couple of saving graces, okay? One, the NFC playoff picture is a saving grace. Because it'd be much darker if the Packers, Rams, Falcons, if, if somebody in the NFC, was at five wins. It's just Seattle, Minnesota at six. There's a two-game gap between them and the rest of the NFC. Huge saving grace for the Seahawks. Now, the other one, yes, there's been some injuries. Maybe you get healthier here, and that starts to stabilize. Abe Lucas you know, trending towards coming back. We'll talk to Jen here in just a minute. But it, it, it might be tough on a short week, but that would be another big addition for the Seahawks uh, offensive line to get him back. But here's the thing. You got San Fran this week. Like, the Rams game was the end of the easy games. There's a month of just tough matchups here. Thanksgiving this week, 49ers. Then you got Dallas a week after again on Thursday night. 49ers in three weeks. Then Philly. That's a tough month. That is a tough month, as hard as you'll see in the NFL. 
just to plot that out. That's the one seed, the three seed, and the five seed right now in the NFC playoff picture. We can say there's only seven teams flirting with the playoffs right now, but three of them are solid, and that's who the Seahawks are playing over these over this next month. There's the reality. Hey, they go one and three in that stretch. That's seven and seven. You're staring at seven and seven a month from now. They are in a tough, tough spot uh, in the NFC playoff picture, and it's going to get tougher to try to chase down Dallas. Now I have a game up on you. Uh, that game next week plays a huge role in the playoff seeding. You'd ideally like to be in that five spot to go against the NFC South. Right now, uh, slated to play uh, the 49ers come wild card weekend. So you get your third crack at them. Uh, but we'll talk about it with Jen Mueller coming up in just a moment. But scary times right now for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, in the back half of the show, we'll touch more on the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, big week as well because it's uh, American Thanksgiving, as I mentioned. 49ers uh, and Seahawks going to be playing. But also, because it's American Thanksgiving, we can look to the NHL and the standings and what teams are kind of on the precipice. We know what the, the, the stat come American Thanksgiving. Uh, four points if you're out of the playoff line. Can you actually get in to the playoffs? Okay, what's going on behind the glass? I got to know. What's going on behind the glass? Do I want to know? You guys are losing it. Is Jen Mueller coming up in a moment? Yeah. You you mentioned it like five times. You guys are losing it behind the glass here. You like, mentioned it. And losing. I looked, I looked at Victor and I was like, is Jen Mueller coming up? And then he just lost it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vic. I told him to leave you alone. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I just, you both were just like rolling. I was like, okay, something something happened behind the glass. Either I did something funny or you guys said something funny. I just needed to know. I needed to know. All right. American Thanksgiving, four points out if you're out. It, it's a tough spot. You look across the league right now, uh, who's within touching distance of uh, the playoff line. It's going to be an interesting week for a team like New Jersey. Uh, we'll touch on that uh, on the other side, though. I'll get your thoughts in 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, all right, joining us now from Root Sports. Also, you hear her on uh, Seahawks sidelines on these airwaves uh, as well. Uh, it is Jen Mueller who joins us now. Jen, how are you? Well, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm grateful for a short week so we don't have to think about yesterday for too long. Oh, absolutely. Uh, American Thanksgiving uh, coming up here in a couple of days. Seahawks going to be the late game against the 49ers. Uh, okay, so uh, you, you referenced it, right? It's like you don't have to think about the, the game. They, they always just seem to have problems with the L.A. Rams. W what yeah. is it? Yeah, I mean, you've got a really, really good play caller in Sean McVay, and it's been that way for a long time. And the way that they can motion things out on offense, the experience that Matthew Stafford had to be able to change kind of the game plan and the flow of things in the middle of the game, that's really tough to deal with. And they've got pieces like Aaron Donald that even though he wasn't in the backfield a lot yesterday, he was still disrupting plays. So I think you give them a lot of credit. Even last year, you know, when Seattle beat the Rams, those were close, hard-fought games. You give Sean McVay a lot of credit for being able to scheme up uh, the Seahawks very well. I, I'm a, I started the show talking about like I'm a big believer in you know your strength is what gets you to the playoffs, your weakness is what defines your playoffs. I look at the Seahawks team right now. Like what is their their strength supposed to be? 
Well, I think if you were to talk to Pete Carroll, he wants their strength to be running the ball. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that that's what it's been. And it's been a little bit of a surprise. I would think your coverage has been a strength, having Devin Witherspoon back there and and the pass breakups and making it difficult downfield. And uh, you like what the pass rush has been able to do. But right now, consistency has been the biggest problem, whether it's game to game or half to half. You kind of mentioned there, like the, the idea that Pete Carroll wants it to be like the running game, and traditionally that's what we've always seen. Like we 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 know what the Seahawks' identity has been for a decade plus, right? Run the ball and and good defense. And coming into this season, like it felt like there was more focus on the passing game. And I, I don't know if we know what this identity of this team is supposed to be right now. Well, I don't know that it was more of an emphasis on the passing game because they did go out and select Zach Charbonnet and Kenny McIntosh as running backs, and that caused a little bit of a fervor and and, uh, some questions as to why they were investing in the running back position. I think some of it has to do, and Pete said this just about an hour ago, you know, some of it is coverages. A lot of it comes down to how many plays you get. Seattle ran the ball very effectively on the opening drive. If you look at the first half numbers yesterday, man, they were on pace to have over 150 yards, I think, at one point. Um, And then when you fail to convert on third down or when penalties take you out of a drive, you just don't have enough snaps to hand them off to a running back. And I I don't know that, that they've intentionally gone away from that. I think the way the games have played out have dictated that more that has been the intention to throw the ball downfield and put it in Geno's hands. Okay, you mentioned the penalties. What was a bigger issue yesterday? Uh, penalties or just the, the, the way the third downs have trended this season? Yeah, it's definitely penalties. And you can talk about some of those penalties that were called on the Seahawks defense and wonder if they were good penalties or not. And the fact of the matter is, there were 12 penalties that were called for 130 yards. And a couple of those Across the Seahawks defensive line, they shouldn't have happened because they were veteran players. And granted, Matthew Stafford did his job with a hard count and drew him offside. Um, there was a couple of close ones. And I, I think that's the thing that really frustrates Pete Carroll most because this is something that gets emphasized. There are officials at practice, not NFL officials, but there are football officials at practice who call these sorts of things. Pete talked about stopping practice on Wednesday. He uh, implored Bobby Wagner to go over in the first quarter and get the defense together and, you know, get them on the same page with not making those mistakes. You can't say it any other way. The best that Pete Carroll kind of summed up today was it's on him because the line that they play on that edge that they're trying to find is so fine that guys are just trying too hard. They're doing too much. They're going out of uh, the scheme of what they should be doing, and it's leading to penalties. And it has been a big problem all year. Yeah, it's interesting that you know Pete has that level of accountability. Say that's on them. I- I'm curious as well uh, as far as the offense too, and and, and the coaching staff, Shane Waldron, who like I- again, I'm a big fan of, and I think you can see like the the, the schematic uh, advantages that they do create sometimes. But at the same time, where we're sitting here talking about these third down that that are an issue, and they feel like they're constantly in third and long sometimes. How much is this of a, a coaching thing, or how much is the players thing of why they're in these situations? Well, I think you also need to mention penalties on that. Mm -hmm. I think penalties have been a huge problem in creating those third and long situations. And there's also been a couple, 
you know, you think yesterday there was one, um, I think it was a third and long, right? Jackson doesn't quite get inbounds. You think that he is, or there's been a couple of times where, you know, a, a play has been bobbled or there's been a close play, but receiver can't quite make that play. I, I don't know if it's scheme. I, I think it's a combination of everything. What I do know is you can certainly feel, and I know some people do not like the word momentum. They just don't believe that it happens in sports. But there is something to gaining that first first down of the game, game and the confidence and being able to direct the tempo and the flow of the game. And, and when, it's, when it's herky-jerky, start-stop, it's just hard for anybody to find the rhythm and flow. That's play callers, that's quarterback, that's wide receivers. I mean, that's everybody on the field. So I look at this more of a collective thing, and it is a, a little confusing given how many playmakers are on the field. You mentioned the pass rush. Uh, it, it does feel like, you know, for me, that, that, that it is missing one other element. Now, I, I know Chenna Nwosu is missing, obviously. He, he goes down. And they, they tried to trade for uh, Leonard Williams to bring in Frank Clark. But it, it doesn't feel connected uh, when I'm watching the pass rush. It, it, it at times just feels like four guys just kind of freewheeling. And it doesn't look like, as as we've seen, a really good Seahawks defensive line look like. Yeah, I don't know that I- – you mean connected to the rest of the defense, or you mean connected to the to the entire like offense, defense, the way the you Seahawks know, play football? Honestly, just amongst them, the the four guys themselves, right? Like it, 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 it we've seen traditionally. Like I, I'm I'm comparing it to you know Bennett and Averill and how well they work together. Just in general, right now, it feels like a lot of moving parts on that defensive line that it, it doesn't feel like it, it it works consistently together. Well, I think that what you're seeing is the addition of new players. I mean, that's what happens. It, it's not. A pass rush does not work in, in the way that you just plug and play guys at different spots. You bring in Leonard Williams, there is a lot that goes into timing up a rush with Leonard Williams. And it's not because he's now the star of the defensive line. It has everything to do with how guys are going to set up their moves based on somebody else. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the year, this was the conversation in week two and week three. And then Frank Clark comes in, and it becomes a different conversation when Uchenna gets hurt. And now Leonard Williams comes in, and it's a different conversation because now not only are you accounting for Leonard Williams, but Draymond Jones is playing a little bit more on the outside. And versatility is a great thing, but I think some of what you might be seeing is these guys truly learning how to rush off each other. What I will tell you is there is a ton of conversation that takes place in the game on the sidelines when they come off the field. And it's not just about, like, the play call. If you were to watch, they are going over their steps and their moves and making sure that they are not or trying not to disrupt their lanes and that they're in sync. It is getting better, but part of this is a chemistry and a feel thing for the guys alongside. So I don't think you're wrong in that, but I also think that's what happens when you add guys and, and when you have injuries to deal with during the middle of the year. Well, they certainly seem to be setting up Bobby Wagner uh, pretty well because there he is again uh, with another fantastic season, uh, clipping the century mark. And it just seems like it, like this guy's unstoppable. Uh, what a familiar addition has he been, and what does it mean here for the, for the final uh, seven weeks? You know, I think it's his leadership that they need most often. After a game like yesterday, after a game like Baltimore, the team looks to see how the vets are going to respond, and Bobby is one of those guys that they count on. And not every team has the wealth of veterans 
who know how to speak up and motivate that the Seahawks do. But for Bobby, I mean, just think about this. This is 12 consecutive seasons of 100 or more tackles. He is the third person in the history of the NFL to do that. That means that there are Hall of Famers who have never done it. And I realize they did not start keeping track of tackles (laughs) as a stat until fairly recently. But there's fairly recent Hall of Famers who have never done that because they, for one reason or another, they missed time because of injury, which that happens and it hasn't happened with Bobby. And it is truly amazing to watch his work ethic and to watch how consistent he is. And, and he's been a great extension of the coaches on the field. He's been a great example in the locker room. Um, it, it's been really cool to have him back and to see him contributing at a high level. Uh, so what's the, the, the main thing that they got to fix here in a short week, uh, getting ready for San Francisco? Uh, what, what do you think will be the primary focus uh, before Thursday? Well, it certainly has to be penalties. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has to be pen- penalties turnovers, and it's got to be just clean football. The the 49ers are so balanced. You talk about an offense and a defense that is married together, that plays complementary football on both sides of the ball. It is, it is really, really impressive. And, yes, I know they went through their stretch where they lost three straight games, but now Brock Purdy's on track. Christian McCaffrey is just a beast to deal with. That defense isn't allowing any points. So what I would say is Seattle can't beat itself. Whatever that looks like, you cannot beat yourself. You can't get behind the sticks. You can't make the mistakes um, to give them any free yards. You've got to play turnover free. I think this week for Seattle, I would guess, because Pete Carroll's meeting with the team right now, I would guess that that message is, you know, just get back to, to being you, right? Fundamentally, sound football, don't make any mistakes, and uh, be able to enjoy the home, uh, the home crowd on Thursday night. Uh, Jen, before we let you go, I want to say congratulations. I was just informed by our producer. It's uh, 17 years uh, for you on the air, so uh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I don't know where the time went, but, <laughs> yes, it has been 17 years, and we'll just keep counting a few more. How's that? Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate it as always. We'll chat soon. Okay, sounds good. It's Jen Mueller from Root Sports. Uh, again, Seahawks sideline reporter. You hear her voice uh, as well uh, on our airwaves uh, for Seahawks games. All right. Monday, uh, I get to tell you where I screwed up. I get to tell you where I'm thriving. Uh, we do it on Mondays here. Buzzer, Bell. Start me off on a miss. Look, I, I said it. Seahawks, second best offense. In the NFC, hasn't materialized. Uh, all sorts of issues right now. Blocking. Maybe it swings back uh, once this offensive line gets healthier, but uh, I-, I thought they'd be able to problem solve. Has not happened. We touched on it quite a bit here. Let's move on. The Rams. We, pl- we-, we picked them heading into this week. They got their fourth win on the year. It's just this Bermuda Triangle. I- I've referenced it for years. The, the the Rams give the Seahawks headaches. The Seahawks can give the 49ers headaches. And the 49ers give the Rams headaches. It just It's how it's worked. It'll continue to work for a long time in the NFC. I can't explain it. Nobody can. Moving on. I thought the Bills would have a bit of an identity crisis. Fantastic show by the Buffalo Bills. That was an unbelievable job by Josh Allen lighting up the New York Jets, and 
I don't want to even say he's he looked back to normal because they've been good this year, that offense. They just didn't really turn the ball over. They didn't have the same issues as far as protecting the Rock that they've had this year. So if they're back and they can showcase that they can drop 32 against a very elite defense, it changes the conversation of what they can do uh, come late in the season and into the playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys. They were a front-running team, and all they did yesterday, once again, is prove that they are some front-runners. Yes, they're having some success here. They've managed to win a lot of games here recently, but we shouldn't forget. Eagles, loss. 49ers, loss. Cardinals, loss. Although against Josh Dobbs, who's apparently magnificent. But you put them against weak competition, Jets, Giants, Chargers, Patriots, Giants, Panthers. Yeah, they can uh, lap them. But they are front runners. We shouldn't forget that. Brandon Staley. I've been such a fan of Brandon Staley and the LA Chargers. I'm officially done. Another bad one. Yeah, there's injuries. Quinton Johnson should make a catch for sure. This guy just makes it worse and worse and worse every single week. He is the AFC Arthur Smith. He is the defensive Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith is the offensive Brandon Staley. Two coaches who are over their skis, and the Chargers uh, are rooting a good, uh, a fantastic player in Justin Herbert. This has got to end at some point. Browns defense, they keep doing it. DTR in there. Are they going to lose a divisional game? No, the Browns defense has got their back. Best unit in the league. Yeah, I know it's the Steelers, but it's a 10 spot that they give up. They get that win late. Browns have the best defense in the NFL. Keep mentioning a strength. That's the thing that's going to get them to the playoffs right now. And big shout out to the Cleveland Browns sitting there at 7-3 in the 5 seed. C.J. Shroud keeps winning. Steelers are hanging around. Josh Allen's on his way up. And the Browns are like, we don't care. We'll get our 7th win. No problem. Uh, shout out to the Cleveland Browns with that win on the weekend. Uh, I, I was wrong about the Pacific Division in the NHL. I thought it would be deeper. I thought it would be fairly clumped together. But even now... There's a five-point gap between the Kings and the Kraken and the Ducks. We're getting ready for American Thanksgiving this week. Uh, it, it, it looks like it's just going to keep separating here. Kraken, yeah, they get their win on, on the weekend on Saturday. I didn't think they were overly impressive. I thought Saturday was more about the Canucks' failures than the Kraken succeeding. Flames, we know where they're at, 15 points here in 17. They look like they got some uh, work to do there. And the Oilers, 11 points here. I thought the Pacific Division would be far more competitive uh, than it is this year. Uh, this is a write-in one. Don wants me to say I was right about Brock Purdy. Every week, baby. Every week? Every week. Yeah, again, he, he's probably like the sixth, fifth best quarterback in the NFC. So we're right about Brock Purdy. Let's not hide from the truth. <laughs> hey, look, since Trent, look, they lost three in a row. Trent Williams comes back and they look fantastic again. When 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 the things are right, Brock Purdy can dominate. Uh, but if he just went through the NFC QBs, Jalen Hurts, Dak, uh, he's not better, like he's, he's on par better than Jared Goff. Josh Dobbs or Brock Purdy? Josh Dobbs. Ooh, I don't know about that. He's got a he's fighting alopecia while playing in the NFL. Matt Stafford. I look at I'll take Matt Stafford over Brock take Purdy. Matt Stafford. Yeah. yeah. 
But after that, it's like you're in the uh, Gino Goff range. Although I'd, I'd, I'd probably take him over Goff. That's the range he's in right now. Fifth, sixth best QB in the NFC. Hey, it's working for him. Before you go to break, I have to uh, give a cra- congratulations to uh, Elon Shark. Uh, as many of you know, we had a jersey bet uh, earlier in the year, which I won. And uh, Elon had to come in wearing uh, Darrell Revis Jets jersey. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, where's your Bills gear? Uh, so the next time Elon and I work together, I will have to wear a Bills jersey. That's rough. Probably Brandon Bass. That's rough. But, yeah. Uh, Justin Fields or Brock Purdy? Justin Fields. Kirk Cousins or Brock Purdy? Kirk Cousins is injured now. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. FC quarterback. Kirk Cousins. Daniel Jones or Brock Purdy? Yeah, Brock Purdy. Derek Carr or Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy. Purdy. I, again, preseason, I would have said Derek Carr, but I, I think we can. Bryce Young or Brock Purdy? Too early to say, but Brock Purdy. Jordan Love? Brock Purdy. Kyler Murray? Kyler. Okay, so six, yeah. Baker Mayfield? You know what? I'll give Baker some credit. He's playing really well, but probably Brock Purdy. And Sam Howell? Brock Purdy. All right. All right. Uh, back in a minute. Vancouver Warriors lacrosse. Don't miss out on the best show in town for as low as $25 at tickets.vancouverwarriors.com. Back in a minute. We'll do guest lines, wrap up the show, uh, talk about, about the Canucks and what's going on across the NHL right now. Here on the People's Show.